What's good, what's good, friends and neighbors? Welcome to this week's episode of Ben Drinking, Ben Watching. I am your host, Andrew Hogan, joined as always by my co-hosts, Alex Caimano and Matthew Belts. On this week's episode, we'll be breaking down a personal favorite of mine, 1988's comedic journey, Coming to America. The movie stars Eddie Murphy as an extremely pampered African prince who travels to Queens, New York, and goes undercover to find a wife that he can respect for her intelligence and her strong will, and a woman who will love him for who he is and not what he is. The film was directed by John Landis, co-starring Arsenio Hall, James Earl Jones, Madge Sinclair, John Amos, and Sheree Headley. Tonight's podcast is officially, unofficially sponsored by Crown Royal. We had a great time recording tonight, and we hope you all enjoy. Cheers. Oh, all right. What's going on? Been drinking, been watching. You can sit on your own dick for this one. I will answer it, but I need to know the parameters here. Fucking fear to be It swells. It swells up. And then, like, uh, Scarlett Johansson in The Prestige, you don't know which knot you tied, and you drown. Unfortunately, that's what happens. But what is fortunate is the fact that we are here tonight with Ben Drake and Ben Watching. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Ben Drake and Ben Watching. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're here much later than we planned on being here. (laughs) Andrew, why don't you tell us when we planned on starting this podcast tonight? So we planned on starting tonight's podcast at 4 p.m. What time is it now, Andrew? 7.36 p.m. 7.36. Matthew, anything to retort? You guys should take it up with my uh, accountant. (laughs) They they fudged some numbers. Those are the guys? Was your accountant the guy you were blown in the lobby before (laughs) you came in? No, I have an issue, because like I said... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, what's your issue? Because it was just so nonchalant. He, he like wasn't even gonna mention the whole four o'clock start time. He was like, I should be there around seven. And it was like, oh. But I thought it was supposed to be four. But, oh, but I, I thought it was four. Number three, my lord. It's a good thing I had my phone. It didn't show up at four. Yeah, well, if thing. you had showed up at four, that would have been a grave mistake. You should you should always text. You should have called me. We would have gotten drinks. That's true. And we probably would have recorded. <laughs> yeah, I could have Skyped in. Well, at any rate, wouldn't have invited you. Seeing that we are here (laughs) and that it is seven thirty-seven, we have started the podcast. What? uh, What are we here for today, Andrew? What What are you guys like, old men? Like seven thirty-seven? I gotta get my slippers on and like go read my book by the fireplace. I fucking wish I had my slippers and fireplace. Quite honestly, I do too. Yeah, so don't fucking poo-poo the books and fireplace. I don't gotta poo-poo the books in the fireplace. I'm just saying, like, where do you have to be? Anyway, Andrew, what do you got? I'm not even sure I want to now. (laughs) (laughs) I think you have to. Um, Coming to America. Coming to America, uh, I've been pushing this one on us for a while now. I've every every You've week been I subtly about this for like three four yeah, weeks. Every week I'm like, I kind of want to do Coming to America just because you know every time I pick a movie, the word America has to be. In Andrew, it. do you have a powerful lust for the word America? And the, America. <laughs> Let me ask you this: like on on the record, we've been joking about this, but is this a conscious choice? It's 100 percent not a conscious <laughs> choice. I think that every pick that you've had for the past like. Five picks that were yours have America in the name. It's just subconsciously coming through your pride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> American sniper, American gangster, American pie, and then we had American werewolf of London, which was, was our choice. And then, I'm gonna yeah. do American orgy next. Yeah, I believe you fucking mm-hmm. will. You fucking mm-hmm. animal. Um, so coming to America, uh, big reason why I love this movie. Huge Eddie Murphy fan. He's e- one of the ever best. since I was a little kid. You know, loved Eddie Murphy. We grew up, you know, fan household. We'd watch clips from the Clumps movies, mm-hmm. just just mm-hmm. cracking up at how how. Come on, Cletus. 
Yeah, Eddie Murphy's funny, but Hercules, like Hercules, Hercules, exactly. <laughs> oh, I'm up to be getting strong. <laughs> <laughs> it's a super underrated talent, and it's not that common anymore. You know, you see some people still kind of try and take stabs at it every now and then, but you're, you're, playing uh, different characters. Sorry, you're talking about Eddie Murphy's um, like different acting roles. and yeah. how he does that. Yeah, like how he actually pulls how he it acts. Eddie Murphy carries a whole movie. It's eight different. Like he doesn't even he doesn't have to hire another. He well, doesn't have to hire well, an ensemble. What's interesting is this is the first time that he tried. To- <laughs> This is the first movie that he tried and did multiple uh, characters. Yes. Oh, shit. This is the first time that he did multiple characters What in a one good movie. test run. I know. It was awesome. Uh, Morty, it was so fucking cool. She's going to call you out. I know she will. <laughs> um, so, obviously, the movie, uh, I mentioned this to Asa when we first, before we even started recording. Was that at six or seven? That was at um, seven when we got here when we were supposed to start recording. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> How I did think it took a, a little. The movie's long, you know. The movie's a little bit long-winded for a comedy, you know. I think um, I think it probably could have been cut down by about fifteen minutes. I think they're in Africa too long before they get to Queens. Sure. Um, hmm. I think if that's you know reduced by like five five minutes or so, but they, in. Uh, in Zamunda, there's a lot of great lines early in the movie. You know, like, oh my god, the dude. royal penis it, is clean, your highness. <laughs> like, you know, that's a that's a quote in a ludicrous uh, intro in a uh, word of mouth. The intro to it word is, of mouth the yeah. album. That's the first thing you hear. Which thank you, ting shit. This movie's so quotable. First, you know, like what does he like, say about the rose? I don't need I don't need rose petals. This is one thing I don't know about the rose petals. Do we have anybody who throws rose petals at my son's feet has to answer? To me. And then you see the three uh, slide yeah. away. He gets up from the table and he starts to like walk down and she's like, what is he doing? She's coming he, to talk to us. Rose bearers. Rose bearers. <laughs> that was fucking hilarious. He sits down and he goes, my son, you've grown a mustache. <laughs> he's had it for a year. It's been a year. And he's like, oh. oh. They're just so oblivious. Like they're so And they're talking through the, intercr- the intercom. <laughs> right, right, right. There, There is a, a sense of uh, rich oblivion not rich oblivion, uh, but like no, that's oblivious. Good way of putting it. Rich, like oblivion, that. rich oblivion. Rich oblivion. You just coined that. <laughs> where where there's such a disconnect between any kind of uh, like normalcy, uh, like connection to other people. Like they're walking in the backyard after he's told his father he wants to go. You know, he's, and there's elephants. And there's elephants. Just ra- and he just pets them. Like yeah. oh yes, the elephants, of course. Yeah. That's one of the things. <laughs> like that's one of the details in this movie that is so fucking funny to me is like the elephants and like the, the absolutely zebra over the casually... top, just the over the top royalty aspect of Zamunda the where like the band that plays for him to wake up dude all right here's something I want a band there here's something that I want to talk about um i think that this movie in so many parts is filmed so Wes Andersonly it's so symmetrical and so like strange and like everything is connected like the music that you hear in that comes from a place within the movie within mm. the setting and yeah. I think and, and it's just so funny because it kind of like plays on like the royalty aspect where this guy doesn't even have to put his own slippers on and he even says like it's my 21st birthday and can I, I go to the bathroom without any assistance very I, funny. I'm twi- Wipe my own backside. <laughs> I, I'm 21 and I don't know how to tie my own shoelaces. I've tied I've... my own shoelaces. It's very overrated. It was an overrated experience. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that uh, one of my biggest general impressions with this movie is that it really does play almost like a Disney movie. It plays almost in like it like Disney-esque cartoon over the top where it's like a disconnect between one main character who wants something real to his uh, protectors who are given him everything that is away from the reality of the world 
and he goes to the place to find the reality of the world in motherfucking Queens, New York. Well, where should we go? Queens. Well, and like, of course, like, I, I remember that scene specifically because they're like, like, all right, uh, it's like, there's so much land over here. What should we be? Where should we be? L.A. or New York? <laughs> like, that's a great that's fucking says, joke. L.A. or New York. Yeah. yeah, it's like left or right. He's like, all right, New York. And then he switches the page to like the bigger map. It's like, oh, God, where are we going to find a, a queen here? And then they see... Queens. Queens. We well, of course. We go to Queens. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I love Arsenio in this movie. Like He's Arsenio so introduces himself as Semi. He's <clears throat> clearly a kiss ass, but like the king and queen have no use for him. They're like, I'm not. He's literally hired to be. Akeem's best friend. Yeah, like he's literally to hired to be his best friend. Yep, but he's he's extremely competent. Like he trains him in martial arts. <laughs> I'm he, not going to work. He, what do you mean you're not going to work? You're going to work. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like the place, clean it up. He takes the entire billfold and he goes, "For God's sakes, Akeem, don't take my pocket money." <laughs> <laughs> Thousands in a billfold. But when I say confidence, like the guy's not a complete. Co he's a coward to the king, but he's not a complete coward. Like the the one scene with Sam Jackson when he comes in with the shotgun. Oh, yeah. It's like, I love that scene so much because they're both so ready for combat, which is really interesting. He owes that to Semi. He does. He, he really owes, does. Well, like they he, established he, that very early on through that elaborate training scene. And I love that. I really do love that. Like, they're, they're, they're people who don't just sit and lavish. Like, they do train, I like, love at when least. They cut, I love at when the they, very least. I love when they cut to the wide shot and it's very clearly body doubles. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> and then they cut back to the... They, you see the guy flipping in midair and then Eddie Murphy lands. <laughs> Dude, the fact that the guy flipping in midair did not have a mustache, mm. which I saw. I was like, he didn't have a fucking mustache at all. And then, so right after that, they transition to the scene where he has to pick, he meets his bride. Yes. You know, so they good. have the tribal dance and, you know, Colonel Dude. Izzy comes in. So <clears throat> that is one of the funniest fucking scenes to me because it, it plays on this whole, like, okay, there's an arranged marriage and you don't know exactly who you're meeting. And then there's this big fucking broad fucking woman coming through like real bold you hear she gets <laughs> out of the way yeah. just and forces her Eddie way Murphy. through the, like wide eyed like oh fucking hell like this is what's happening and then to introduce mm -hmm. whoever the fucking bride is and there really is like a performance like almost like animalistic fucking like peacocking mm. Semi where, puts his hand over his heart he's like <laughs> <laughs> And Jesus Christ was that a choreography and what's funny is like that is the dance from Thriller That is a sped up choreographed version of Thriller before Thriller. No, no, no after Thriller. Michael Jackson was way before fucking 1988 Noted <laughs> <laughs> I, I got nothing to say on that um, Yeah, man, and it's it, kudos to you know what Eddie Murphy wrote the story He knows how to set yeah. up a joke. So he did he wrote it? He wrote the story. He didn't write the script. He wrote the story and he wrote oh, it on I see. he wrote it on eight pieces of yellow like pad like, like legal, like oh, legal awesome. pad paper and gotcha. then he presented it to them. Because gotcha. they because, so he signed a five film deal with Paramount. And they oh. had all five they had four of the films lined up, but they didn't have a summer one lined up. So and this was their summer one. So this is and then he had to fight yeah. for Landis, didn't mm -hmm. he? Yeah. yeah, that's right. He had to fight for Landis, and they ended up hating each other. In this, I movie. know, I they, saw that because they loved working with each other. I think it was Trading Places, right? Mm. Yeah. It was yeah. Trading Places. They that's loved right. working with each other on that. And, but Eddie Murphy was a star now, you know. Right, so, right, right. So John Landis always attributed it to he's like this cocky sob. He and he hated working with him. 
and I mean, even now, Eddie Murphy and them, like he talks about it, he's just kind of like they made up. They did coming to America too. Well, when you when you get Eddie Murphy's success and status, it's like I'm fine with everybody, which is so yeah. But you also put it up stand up. You put it up against John Landis, who was you know he he had a, a lot of flops. But the ones that he did that were successful are complete fucking staples in cinematic history. Three Amigos. Three is it Three Amigos? He did do Three Amigos, but I wouldn't consider that a staple. Well, American Werewolf from London. Yeah. And and this Trading Places. Trading Places. And the Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers. He did do that, the Blues Brothers. Like, that's that right. Is, that is John oh, Landis' right. biggest con- contribution to cinema, in my opinion. How much did Saturday Night Live have to contribute to John Landis' success? Well, the better question is how much did Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi contribute to John Landis? Well, okay, hold on. John Landis did his own thing he with did. American Werewolf. Yes, like he did. That, that's his, you know, that's his claim to okay. I'm on my own. I can do my own thing. But John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd giving him well, John Belushi Blues also Brothers. gave him Animal House before Blues Brothers. That's right. True. So I mean, that True. that's like that's groundbreaking. Pretty big. You know what I mean? Like for that to be your like first. <laughs> feature that's mm. groundbreaking but going back where this all diverged the going back to the dance party i was going to suggest that uh, between the screenwriter and the story eddie murphy knows how to set up a punchline um that oh, hell whole, yeah that so whole, does arsenio hall that whole beautiful elaborate peacocking dance and then we see her coming out and it's like you know we as the audience are set up to believe you know we obviously know the setup which is he doesn't want this but then right. he follows it through this elaborate dance and then he's like can we have a word? Yeah, <laughs> and then everyone's super concerned. Yeah. Can All we, right. Can we have a word? So here's here's another part that's wicked funny in that is the uh, so it's the present uh, presentation of the bride and mm. it's this big elaborate dance and it's just so fucking over the top. It's like this like African traditional. Where, like, you have people, like, uh, I don't know what the headdresses are. I guess just call them headdresses and beads, and they're just fucking going just in gonna with stomp dance. Just we this don't know stomp the dance, like, passionate stomp dance. It's like, okay, turn the fucking king on real quick. And then for Akeem, it is just this shittily sung a cappella soul version of, You are the king, he's your queen, she's your queen. <laughs> dude, when I was dude, watching this, so that ha- made me oh, laugh ha- so fucking bad. Dude, I so- just laughed so hard. Like, okay, that is definitely that fucking like soul R and B trying to come in. Like, well, in the it's African so funny sense. because when they were casting that role, they wanted it to be like a more like m- like dominant song. You know, they w- they wanted it to sound very male, like deep voice heavy. But then the guy who played Borat, Oha, Borat. yeah, the guy who played Oha came in and he did it with like a a jet, like a blues kind straight of jive, man. And, and they <laughs> straight were like straight jive R and B. They're like, we're gonna go with this. Like, Dude, that fucking slayed me. Dude, I this is the first time I'd seen this movie, and when that part happened like i'm not the kind of guy who can watch a movie alone and just like laugh to myself unless it's dodgeball and <laughs> i found myself being like holy shit what the fuck is happening right now right, <laughs> like it actually, came out of that's, nowhere i'm glad that you said that i want you to give me your general impressions like just go off for a second what did you think as the first time viewer of hmm. this movie what did you really think of this so it goes back to what I was just saying. Like I internalize like comedy and like it's hit or miss for me. But like if I sit around with people and like start quoting lines, I realize how funny it actually is. So like when I was watching it, I didn't think it was that funny. Like I thought it was. I really actually thought it was a better comment on like relationships. 
I thought that that that's how I took in the movie was oh this is like this has a really good message to say about not just like you know whether it's an arranged marriage or just like settling for you know some dumb person whether it's male or female who you think you should be with because of their status should be with because of their status or whatever and then I, I thought it was like a nice message and I loved the comedy of errors that happens at the end and they're in the living room but like that that's made great. me laugh but other than that I was like eh, it, like I didn't laugh out loud at any point I thought like oh, I was funny really okay that's that's interesting to see because there's so I many think if you're watching it with other people you probably would have but that's what I'm saying like it, when I'm watching a comedy alone it's hit or miss like Tom Green makes me barrel laugh well alone. he's also very <laughs> loud but the subtleties of this movie make there me are a laugh lot of more subtleties. Mm, it's the, the writing in this movie the subtleties like... make it laugh make me laugh even more like a great example is like when he's being presented to the bride and the fact that she has this super long dress that has to go through the fucking yeah. door before they can close it dude I'm, I'm laughing my ass off at that shit or that like, shit's so fucking funny like, it really got me when they get to New York and all their baggage their luggage gets stolen and then they're up in the apartment and then they come down down. And I, it took me a minute to realize what was going on. I was like, "Are they like seeing something right now?" And it was they, they're wearing the, they're wearing the clothing that they stole from our luggage. The guy yeah. trying to sell them the toothbrushes. <laughs> yeah, it's like, all gold plated. That's, that's my toothbrush. <laughs> thief! Stop that thief! And they're just so disconnected from the fact that you're in New York and no one's helping you. No one cares. <laughs> it's so no fucking cares. funny. Yeah. So fucking great. All right. Um. So then, so we get to America. Oh yeah. So they, they, they decide, like, he, he has that conversation with his father, and his dad thinks he's just going to go sow his wild oats. So he's like, he's like yeah, yeah, that's fine. He's like, yeah, if you just want to go get laid, go ahead. Go do it. Go, <laughs> go, go do it. You have 40 days. You have 40 days, and you come home. Be- before you go any further, I think that that's just a hilarious piece, how disconnected uh he's like i get it you're nervous go get laid after his son explains why he wants to go he's like oh no i get it like totally go be a heathen in america like yeah of course come back and marry this bro that's not it father (laughs) he's just like no 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 that is no that is and then they get there and they have all the luggage being brought out and he's like we're african students (laughs) he's like that's it we need to blend in he walks in the street Oh, <laughs> you fucking Steinfeld, you dumb fuck! And he's just like <laughs> his face. In that. He sits in the cab and they're talking about it. And he's like, "What's a fucking moron?" He's like, "What part of Queens do you want to go to? Take us to the most common part." And he goes, "That's easy." <laughs> and then he looks at Semi. What does dumb fuck mean? <laughs> Dude, that's such a great little splash, too. <laughs> like, that's the first thing you get in New York when you try to stop a cab. It's like, you dumb fuck. And then the the intro to the, some of the greatest side characters in any film, especially the in comedy shop? ever. The Barbershop. It's fucking awesome. With Clarence. Oh, my <laughs> like, God. I love And Cuba him. Gooding Jr. sitting in the chair. Dude, and he's why got, does Cuba keep fucking popping up in these fucking podcasts? Every movie we watch. He doesn't matter at all, but he keeps no, 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 popping he up. No, he, he doesn't. He doesn't matter at all, but he keeps popping up. And so they're talking. They're having classic barbershop talk. They're talking about who's the best boxer ever. Crash, like, I'm a con classic. Yeah. If he wants to change his name to Muhammad Ali, he should be allowed to. Hell with that. And he, it's Joe, a free country. You call him Muhammad Ali. Hey, I don't know this. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is that Eddie Murphy who plays the Jewish Eddie Murphy? Uh, yes. Yes, it is. All right, and here's here, all right. So I've been kind of like briefing this with you guys that there is a connection between American Werewolf in London, other than Landis. To yeah. this, it's Rick Baker did that makeup. Of course he did. Rick Baker did all the makeup in fucking this movie, yeah. and 
the fact that he made Eddie Murphy so unrecognizable in all the different roles. Well, no, because I think that the, I think that like okay, you can tell that it's Eddie Murphy when he's the, the well. I'm singer just saying guy. in all the different roles that he takes, like he looks like a completely different person. Oh, like, for sure. To, but to the average viewer, you would think, oh, they cast a bunch of different people. But the white Jewish guy, but the white Jewish guy, like that is home run bar none. Cannot tell that's Eddie Murphy. And to so the fact good. that Eddie Murphy, when he actually first got the makeup put on, he went from different like production studios around in Paris amount to introduce himself as and and he's like yo it's me eddie murphy and people looked at him like get the fuck out of here you crazy old white boy like get out of here you crazy (laughs) fuck like leave me alone and like no i'm 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 the guy i think he's a god like i think he is a comic (laughs) genius he fucking nailed it he really did nail it in this one and on so many others but so we have that, you know, they we obviously get introduced to them at the barbershop scene and then um also, not only that, not only is Eddie Murphy playing all the people, but it's it's Arsenio Hall as well. Yeah, yeah Arsenio he does Hall a good job. plays uh, the guy that's constantly eating collard greens and just he's, like and hanging he's out. Chicken wing and he, he puts it in the basket <laughs> yeah. and he's like, it's a collection basket, you idiot. Oh, I thought it was a trash book. Yeah, I'm so sorry. So they go from um, they go from the barbershop scene initially, and then they go to decide they want to go meet women at the bars. Right. Oh, my God. What a scene. They go meet women at the bars. They meet these different groups. I love the twins that I are rapping. the devil. Like, oh, you know, my God. <laughs> the, the, the twins that are... Mm, 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 mm. There's, uh, and I'm bad mm-hmm. as fuck, and I'm ready to get a opinion. Yeah. And then Arsenio... <laughs> Is the fucking is the fucking the dude. training the training woman essentially Dude's watching you all night. Dude, I looked away from the I looked away too. from the TV for just a minute, like I was texting or something, and I looked back up and I'm like, what? What? <laughs> it's Arsenio Hall dressed as a woman. Well, I almost I believed him as a woman. I was like. Put the wig on. Put the dress on. Well, like oh the way God. that you, the way that you believe the Wayne's brothers as women in white chicks. I don't. <laughs> well, that, that, that's that's how I looked at Arsenio Hall in this when he was dressed up as the woman. It's like, wow, that's like kind of like some some white chick shit. Yeah, <laughs> dude, this movie was funny. Yeah, I I I couldn't stop laughing. I really couldn't. Like every are small you a, are piece. you a laugh out louder? Like if you're watching something alone, I know that it's you good. Are. When I, I, <laughs> I know that it's good alone. when I do. Yeah, like if I do laugh out loud by myself, I know like okay, that really did hit, and like I can't control the laughter. Yeah, yeah I that hit. I so I I think the net a good segue is to now what you were talking about, Matthew. How you said like this actually is a good like social commentary on relationships. How hmm. and we meet Lisa at sure. so so we go to the the he McDowell's. sees the barber yeah he sees the barber and he's like how like, well, funny is that I'm going over to this I'm going over to this coalition right now you know it's a charity event he's like you guys should come that's where you meet a nice woman <laughs> so they're sitting there and um. And fucking Randy Watson and sexual chocolate. Like, sexual chocolate. Randy, I like to, th- thank you, thank you. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's so lovely, you know? It's just, it's just so lovely being in tonight. That boy can sing. That boy can sing. You are your goddamn yeah, you mind. That boy can sing. That boy's good. <laughs> There's just a smattering of applause. And he just goes, he starts with, I believe the children are our future. And he just goes, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I just think Randy Watson. I think he's the funniest character. I think the funniest side character Eddie Murphy's ever done, I think, is Randy Watson. Randy Watson. For and that one that you said, He's in the next one. He's in the he sequel is. that came yeah. out, too. Uh, Randy it. Watson is is sexual chocolate. Sexual chocolate? Sexual chocolate. That boy's good. And when they're done singing and nobody claps, he's so appalled and he's just like. 
sexual chocolate. And Sexual chocolate. <laughs> well, the fact that he like he keeps posing. Yeah, he just does the poses. <laughs> the fact that that's Eddie Murphy and the Eddie Murphy actually does have a singing career. Like he put out three singing albums. Eddie Murphy <laughs> like, did. Yeah, yeah, he put out actual records where he sang and he can sing. Well, I, I think him. I think he handed up a little too much for oh, yeah. for Reggie to, to do a, a Whitney Houston song. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, I believe the children are future. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it Man, feels that... so lovely to be here tonight, doesn't it? Just feel so lovely, dude. How funny was the scene where they're at the hockey game or the basketball game? Oh, and she's fucking yeah. <laughs> what are you cheering for? It's no halftime, a... dude. Can I tell you how funny the fucking Soul Glow song is to me? <laughs> soul... I can't. I can't get that high. Dude, Soul Glow, the song is so fucking funny. The theme song. What am I missing here? What part was the that? Jerry Curl song? Oh yeah, with with, with um, oh what the Eric fuck LaSalle with his what's uh, his oh name though? Daryl, yes. Daryl, yeah, Daryl's yeah. uh, yes, family it, business yes. is Soul Glow. Daryl gets a milkshake and he just throws. He goes, "Hey, take care of this for me, all right?" Semi <laughs> 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 starts cracking up. I love. I do love that scene though, because it's like semi, awesome. like it's semi in like American culture, where it's like your front your friend got roasted and it's like, "Ha ha, you uh, fucking idiot!" Take that. <laughs> so then the basketball scene. Oh my god, love that. The scene. basketball scene where I've been in that situation. Which, by the way, that that was St. John's versus Marist. It was uh, a real game, too. St. John's Marist at was Madison it? Square Garden. Yeah, that was a real oh, game. Yeah. That was sure. a real game. Um, and uh, he's with, he's out there on a double date. He's with uh, what's her, what's Patrice. Patrice. Patrice, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she's like, why don't you take your, your jacket off, Akeem? Be a little more comfortable. He's like, thank you. <laughs> she puts her hand under, and he's like, <laughs> straight wedding crashers him under the fucking Absolutely. under the jacket and then oh god this does not age well at all daryl's insults mm, <laughs> just no. the way he's talking about like he's no. like he's like well what do you guys do over there in africa chase, chase, the, monkeys. chase the monkey and he's just, yeah. it's just like i'm sitting there and i'm like Ugh. i'm like no wonder this guy's never worked another day in his well career. not even that they always associated with that character it yeah. reads like shaft it like if you've ever seen shaft like the the original 1970s shaft it really reads like that with some of those jokes where it's like shaft will make a punchline and i'll be like yeah, like walk off. It's like, oh hold. Jesus! Doesn't, Quite honestly, his his hairdo kind of offended me. I don't get offended that I, much. I, dude, I love the Jerry's. I, you know what I really me? do love the Jerry. Curls. You know what offends me? His Jerry curls and si his same ciders at restaurants. People who will sit in the same side of the booth. They didn't do that. No, I know. I'm just saying. Oh well, what the fuck are you saying it for? Well, you, I, I was talking about the Jerry curls in that movie. They offended me, and so Jerry curls and same ciders offend you on the same level. No, no, no. Jerry curls in this movie, specifically Daryl's, they offend me. What about his parents? You need and fucking Jesus. <laughs> you need <laughs> some fucking Jesus, man. You need Jesus in your life. <laughs> um, so he goes to the bathroom and he's seen by by the, yeah, the civilians the, of Zamunda and they're right. freaking out and like they bow to him and she and Lisa and Daryl see him and he's like, "That's just a man I met in the bathroom." <laughs> Dude, like, oh, another another like home run little fucking hit. Like yo, he did something fucking weird. Like, so then we get our Samuel L. Jackson scene. That's that's so funny to me. Like I love how that's filmed too, because it it it, it focuses on Simi, uh, Arsenio Hall, where his like his eyes squint. He's like, oh yeah, time to Here act, baby. And and like it's like they they communicate on a level because at that point, um, uh, Akeem Eddie Murphy is sitting alone with uh the, the girl. I can't remember her fucking name right now. Um, mm. and like he's getting it. Like this is like the first time he could like connect Deborah. with her. Not Deborah. Well, and I love how polite I think it's he Deborah. is. Who? 
what's her name? Lisa. Lisa. <laughs> I, thank you. I knew thank it was you. Lisa. So, so he's, Lisa. he sits down and after I don't uh, even know his name. Is it Avi? Akeem. It's Akeem. Akeem. That's it. Avi. What the hell's wrong with you? I watched it at like twelve o'clock last night, guys. It was a long day. <laughs> You've had two weeks to watch it. No. Yeah. Yeah, I have. You did. So he's doing. You know, he's he's mopping the floor. And she's like, oh, hi, Akeem. You know, she's so polite. Lisa's the sweetest. Like, she's so sweet as pie, Lisa man. is the she's greatest great. character. She, Deborah's great. And he did. Yeah. <laughs> Deborah, Lisa. He, so he sits down, and she's like, I hope Daryl didn't offend you last night. He can be pretty obnoxious. And Akeem's like, he cannot help it. <laughs> and then he comes in, and he starts to hold them up. And you slowly see him start to undo the fucking undo mop the handle. mop handle. And he's just like... Excuse me for a moment. <laughs> She's like, he is so cool about it, and he and he really does kind of play it like, okay, I'm going to give you a couple chances before I have to not be nice. I'm like, I'm going to be nice until I can't be nice anymore. I know what you're looking at before, yeah. but but we'll get no, to no, that. No, no, we'll, we'll get, get to there. it. And that and I think that was just so fucking cool, especially how they foreshadowed it in the yeah, beginning. Nice. And even when he like sweeps Samuel Jackson's like, you stank from a rhinoceros's butt. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that crazy rhinoceros peasant. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, God, dude, dude, and Sam Jackson, very early in his career, cement, uh, cementing that he's going to be the screamer. <laughs> he looked yeah, no like shit. he was like 60 in this movie. Though. I like, know, dude. He He's always looked old. He started his acting career quite old. But now he looks young. He looks very young now. Well, you know, the camera and uh, the departments do a great job. Well, I do love the spiel, too, from Mr. McDowell about why they're McDowell's. Let's, not, let's, all right. Not yeah. McDonald's. Let's talk about John Amos for a minute, who is fucking awesome in this movie. So he's awesome in this movie. He's, he's so he's fucking perfect. funny. He really is. And he, he's, like, just as delusional as the... The parents. Uh, on, uh, as, the as the king and queen. He's yeah. just as delusional, where it's like, yeah, man, marry the rich one. Like, we're going to be fucking set. Absolutely. Until... Until the the king and queen come and meet him, and he's like, no, 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 I got my values. I got my real mm-hmm. values, my real American... Yeah, I was happy like, to see that. Me too, and that that's one of the things that, like, gave him a little bit more heart, where he's like, no, 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 like, this is my daughter, and she is worth way more than your fucking royalty. And it was a nice balance between what we see at the beginning with the king and queen being like, no, no, we hear you, but we don't hear you. You're ready? No, 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 Miles, just, no, no. Miles, Miles, Miles. So, you know, it was nice to see in a very, you know... No, I, it's my daughter. Like, yeah, yeah I, want, I want her to marry wealth. I want her to marry up, but but you're, you're not, not going to treat her like cattle. Like you, who are like king and queen, you're not going to tell her that she's not. Like, exactly. I know that my daughter is. Bark like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Jump on one foot, <laughs> dude. It is funny. Like, like <laughs> James Earl walks in and she's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think um, I want to know who came up with the whole like McDowell's theme. Dude, that was so funny. I don't funny. know, but I know that John Amos worked for the first McDonald's that opened in Canada. That's fucking awesome. That's Isn't a, that that's awesome? A, that's a neat little little piece he, of trivia. He did, he did work for the first McDonald's that opened in Canada and then moved it down. And apparently in filming, they got the okay from McDonald's, like corporate. Like uh, Paramount got the okay that they were going to do this. And, and when, they decided to change it? So the McDonald's was actually a Wendy's. 
And they they bought it out. It was like, okay, we're gonna film here. This is the Wendy's, but we're gonna film here. It's gonna be called McDowell's. And when they started doing that and they put up all the signs and shit, I guess some people from the New York sector of McDonald's came down and like started taking pictures, like, we're gonna sue your ass and balls, like you're gonna be fucked at the end of this. And like no 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 into the script. Well I with the guy with the camera. Well that yeah, they they probably did put that into the script, but that was like an actual thing that happened. Like they were doing like set production. And like setting it up and putting up all the signs and shit and people from McDonald's were like you guys are straight thieving us mm. And what's funny is that John Amos in the movie is actually that. thieving them He's reading the McDonald's and like handbook and yeah. like quality control like oh, yeah I'm gonna steal it. he's like oh, mm -mm. like when someone comes in it's like oh, no, I'm not looking at them. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> Like, see, they're McDonald's. I'm McDowell's. I'm McDowell's. I mean, they have a Big Mac. I have a Big Dowell. <laughs> <laughs> they, got the, they got the Big Mac. I got the Big Mick. Yeah. <laughs> they have the Golden Arches. I have got the, the Golden, golden Arses. That's <laughs> <laughs> so fucking awesome. Oh, man. I do, I, I do love it. I really do. That's uh, I love, I love favorites. the scene where he comes back and he wants to show her what like he really lives like, and then <laughs> yes, and then he's in the hotel. Got the whole thing. He's just pimped the whole place out with a hot tub. He's well, like, the fact that he gets up, he's like, I'm not going to work. It's like, if you want to fix it, fix it up yourself. He's like, what are well, you doing? What have you done to the place? Well, he's saying like, that I have the resources of the fucking king of Zamunda, then yeah, <laughs> I'm going to fucking clean it up. And he goes to the Western <laughs> Union, and she's like, dear King Joffrey. Do you Joffrey, really want me to send this? Why? Do you, do you, do you not think that it's reasonable? Do you think it's not enough? <laughs> she's like, you think I should go for a million? <laughs> yeah. You don't think that's too much? Go, nah. Nah. Maybe three, <laughs> maybe three million. No, it's yeah. like, she, it's 300,000, then he's like, That's you're, it. you're right, 400,000. She goes, hey, why not go for five? Do you, do you not think that that'd be asking too much? Nah. Why don't we go for a million? Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that's the catalyst for him coming to America anyway, is the fact that... The father, the yeah, king. Yeah, the king has to come because he's been asking for a million American dollars. Yeah, so like, so well, like, that's you, a lot. What what's happening here? There? Yeah, what's happening? Dude, I love uh, when he shows up to the barbershop, the king. Dude, and he just, here, that's Kunta Kente. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I know, which is so- Kunta Kente over there. So, they, first of all, <laughs> horrible line. <for> like, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. That's, that, that, that makes sense because John Amos actually plays adult Kunta Kente in Roots. It, it makes sense, but they call Does they, he? he doesn't yes. call John Amos that. No, no, no. But it is it is one of those things where yeah, it, there's a connection. It, <laughs> it, it, it's the connection, and the reason why it's there is because Eddie Murphy says it. Eddie Murphy obviously grew up watching the movie Roots. They get John Amos to get in this movie, and he's like, "Yeah, his nickname from the white Jewish guy is going to be Kunta Kinte." Mm. The the point I wanted to make was that in the neck in the movie that just came out, like the sequel. Did you see it? They yeah, I watched it. Oh, I didn't watch they it. They oh, use the exact same line, like when oh, he when they awesome. show up back in the barbershop, he's like, "It's Kunta Kinte," and I'm like, "Oh my god!" Uh, no. I'm like, "Leave it to Eddie Murphy to not give a fuck and still <laughs> and still use that line, nail it on the same delivery." Well, because they had it. On such a deep level, like they, 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 uh, Eddie Murphy really did have intention when he put these lines in there, and when he, when he delivered these lines, like I know where these are coming from, and I know why I'm delivering them because mm. I have the actors that were there, I know the intention that was there, I can actually make these jokes. It's well, not just a white guy doing it; it's me, do, essentially doing whiteface. Well, you, you just touched on something. First of all, Eddie Murphy has done whiteface to grand success. I would um, say, I would but, say, but there's something in there that. You you didn't expressly say, but you could tease out. Uh, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy is a very thoughtful. Like 
he's he's not just doing like the, even the clumps you could say it's it's satire like he's always oh yeah he's always pointing a finger at something that's wrong or something that is you know perceived in a certain way and he's flipping it on its head for like, sure he's doing it in a very thoughtful way which i always appreciate yeah eddie definitely had his finger on the pulse of of everything and even though he was like pointing fun at things that were like relevant he he pointed fun at the right things mm. And, and he did it in a way that made you see. Yeah, I mean, I mean, his his influence was Richard Pryor, so that makes sense. Yeah, and Richard Pryor, oh my God, I Richard Pryor's that. finger was like directly on the pulse. He was he was the heart beating. Yeah, for sure. He was like, no, no, I get this. I yeah, get this. So, I'm gonna so, point it out. So Eddie really took that uh, that torch, not Tell only in his movies. Can suck my dick. Have a coke and a smile and shut the fuck up. Have a smile and a coke. You ever get one of those shits where you know, like the shits, it, it, it kind of dangles from your ass and you're just kind of fucking singing, man. You're trying to get it off your ass cheek, but you know. No, but I, th I think that he he honored. Um, Richard Pryor and his influences very well, not only in this movie, but in his career in his and career. in his stand-up. Like, his stand-up is definitely a reflection of that as well. The funniest. Dude, it, Delirious his, um, and Raw is some of the yeah. best stand-up that I've ever seen. That's some of the best hour I think material. Raw is, like, personally to me, I think Raw is the funniest stand-up special Is that the I've one where seen. he does James Brown? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he does it well, both does, Delirious yeah, he and does Raw. It, yeah, he does it Delirious, well. I think, is, like, the, the number one. Which Raw one, is fucking which, hilarious. Which one but, is he wearing red? Raw. That's raw. Raw to me is the funniest shit that's ever. Come I think out. so too. And what I really appreciate about it, like we, I, I've made this connection before. It's like when you, when you, uh, it, when you watch a movie or when you listen to a song, you need to be in the right headspace to receive it in order for it to actually hit. My whole life, I grew up with Eddie Murphy's like toned down, like you know, pointing a finger in a direct way, uh, you know, whatever, and then. I grew up with Eddie Murphy, and then he t transitioned into, like, more family-friendly stuff. And then I went back, and that's how I discovered Raw. And to hear that come out after a lifetime spent with Eddie Murphy being, like, slowly distilled to, like, family-friendly stuff, and then hearing him just come out the gate with that, I'm like, holy shit, this is where he started? His whole career makes sense now. It's so funny that you say it, because it's true. It's like, we're introduced, like, we get the clumps. Which like it's it's not raunchy, but like it's you know it's funny like it's it's, it's funny it's PG thirteen it's fart humor it's, yeah, it's very toilet humor yeah. but then he's into like the Doctor Doolittle's and like you said and he's in Shrek House on you know, the Haunted Hill and he's in Haunted Mansion he, he, you always he fucking call it House on Haunted Hill and it's not fucking House on Haunted Hill it's the it's the haunted fucking mansion <laughs> yeah 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 all right he says wrong, it was such conviction such conviction too, I like, know, and then he was does. in House on Haunted Hill Haunted Mansion and so delirious. Delirious was the red, and Raw was the purple. Purple. Okay, so Delirious, was, Delirious is the one that I, I really connect with. Zanadu! Hey! Dude, that is the That's funniest. a James Brown lyric. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta put something here. Hey! That's good to good. But, I mean, even just for... um. For for film in general, this movie is kind of like a milestone in black film. You know what I mean? Like they're they're all portrayed. They're portrayed. He's portrayed as a prince. You know, like he's coming over. And I think it's funny how. Um, and then he turns it upside down. And just like culturally, for like in the black community, the most prominent scenes in this movie are in a barbershop, mm -hmm. and, and they're in a Miss Black America. USA contest, you know, yeah, yeah. with a Whitney no Houston song. So, like, I think Eddie Murphy... You just want to sing the song again. No, I'm, I'm done singing <laughs> it. But I think as he subtly pokes fun at himself through things, he really does send, like, a strong message about, you know, what he's fighting, what it means. Well, he he's, make, he's normalizing 
black lives and black culture, which, you know, weren't represented in film. At the, well, I mean, they were represented, but... But it was in, like, like slavery and, like, he, civil rights issues. He, like, you yeah, know, like he used his celebrity status to be like, no, 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 like, here's comedy. Like, well, we they, don't need he's to talk, also He's know. also pulling from a place where the culture was represented in things like Shaft and Soul, uh, Soulfly, uh, Superfly, Superfly, and, like, some yeah. of that black exploitation film, and it was... For kind the of, record, I love black exploitation films. Well, They're I mean, so good. I mean, Superfly and, uh, like, Black Dynamite. Black yep. Dynamite was a new a new spin on the whole black exploitation, but uh, Soulfly and anything by um, Dolomite, like the Dolomite films, mm-hmm. like, that was another fucking home run of, of that. Just, Pam Greer film. Films. Just, just the idea of putting profanity, nudity, and kung fu into a movie—literally, <laughs> like those are the, those were the three like main points: was profanity, nudity, and kung fu in a kick-ass soundtrack. And they all have kick-ass fucking soundtracks. They are so fucking awesome. Even the soundtrack in Coming to America is fucking amazing. The Everything in is just America so is... fucking good. It's just swagger style. Mm, you throw your shoulders to this fucking movie in the soundtrack. Like, even the even the music at the beginning of the film when we're in um, what, in the bedroom there. No, no. What's the, what's the name of the country? Zabunda. Zabunda. Uh, that it's in the jungle, the mighty jungle. That, it, it's just a rendition of that. The opening song. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, that's that's what it is. It's like slowed down. Well, it was beautiful. I love that opening shot. Me too. And I don't Me know too. how Ace. I don't know how they did it because I'm pretty sure that the wide shot that we see of the palace, that is a matte painting. A hundred percent. 100% and that's like that that's what leads me to believe that this is like very Disney-esque where like everything that like when they're out in like Eddie Murphy's talking to James Earl Jones about um like after you know, the, like, he stops the, and like he yeah. pets the elephants and all that that's, that's definitely do and that's what makes it so Disney is the fact that it's like just such a grand and disconnected world of the rest of the world mm. like it's just such a disconnected place i would love to know how they did that opening shot i can't tell if they actually captured that on camera or if that was like because that was the that was the what late 70s or the early 80s when this game 88, 88 so is when it was released so probably like 86 87 is when they filmed it how did they fucking do that like i have no idea man i have no idea and the thing uh, maybe I, they I, took their cue from kubrick because that would have been around the time that kubrick came out with with the, the miniatures and all that well i was going to suggest that uh the helicopter shot at the beginning maybe it was maybe you know, they did that up in africa yeah I, I have no idea how they did that, but like there are a lot of things in this movie that really blow my mind in filming, especially when you have one person playing so many characters, like the barbershop scenes in, in particular. Like, how do you set up the filming of that? Where Very carefully. <laughs> well, it's like, all right, so you have coverage of Arsenio Hall and Eddie Murphy just as them, as their main characters, where it's like, obviously, there's not a lot of makeup. There's some costume and there's some some wardrobe that happens into that. But then you have Eddie Murphy playing two different characters who are in heavy Heavy, heavy makeup. makeup. That must have taken like heavy. a week to four, film. Four to six hours worth of makeup, and then they get to film. After the four to six hours worth of makeup to, of makeup appliancing, and then you have to like make the coverage of that. Like that's amazing that they they distilled that into a scene. Even though that like those are days and days and days worth of preparation and filming. I mean, each one of those barber scenes must have taken at least a week to film. So think about this: like you have a location, and that's like right? three pages. You have a location. Yeah, and. That's a three-day process to film one location for they, one setup no, that, in one scene. That was definitely soundstage. 
That no. was not. No, location. I don't think. It, I think it was location. I think it was loc. It was the same exact location that they Speaking used. Speaking as a locations guy, I can tell you that must have been a soundstage because, like, they shot that throughout the film. I agree. And they I shot think that, that it throughout was just... the film. Like, what are they going to displace? <laughs> I got to look this up. Yeah. Yeah. See, like, I don't know. No, it could have been. Curious. Because um, that blows my mind when they uh, when they do shit like that, like in the same scene with different makeup, and the fact that he has to go through so much makeup. Arsenio Hall and Eddie Murphy, and they're in the same scene. Like that. That that's fucking crazy to me. Like, how do you film that? How do you plan to film that? Like with all the different coverage. I don't know. Yep. Knew it. Fucker. Motherfucker. It was recreated as an external soundstage. What was the barbershop? The barbershop. No shit. Yeah. I, oh, okay. I called it because, dude, they, they... He just typed that into a Word document and was like, see, it says it right here. <laughs> it says it in this I, Word I document. It. That it I cite your it. sources. Um, it means it, obviously. No, because, like, think about the logistics of it. We see that barbershop interior at least four separate scenes throughout the movie, right? Right. And at least two of those scenes, I would even argue three to four of them, they're lengthy, like, important scenes. You're not going to risk getting that on location in New York, renting out some uh, shop or barber shop, shop at the end or, there. yeah, sure. Like you're not just gonna redress that and displace a business, even if. You well, are they redressed it real fine in a soundstage, then. Yes, they did. They did a fine fucking job doing that. And because think about it, also, if you're gonna have that much makeup, if you're gonna if you're gonna have your day hinge on the fact that you've got an actor in four hours of makeup for different roles, that schedule could change. You're not sure. just going to keep a location sure. on hold like that. Sure. You're going to want the surety of having an on sound stage, uh, you know, Fair ready enough, to go. Man. Fair enough. That 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 makes complete sense. I I just think that it's amazing that they did it that way and they made it so seamless. Like in in the cut that you see, the theatrical cut that you see when Looks you watch great. the movie, it's like holy shit! Like how do you do this? Long uh, time. <laughs> I just wanted to flex my locations muscles right there. That's yeah, I saw I about. saw that you did. I mean, I mean, I'll give <laughs> it to you. Did you see my shoulders puff up? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A I little bit, you fuck. No, no, I don't really have shoulders, so. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the end scene with John Amos as they all come together in the. Uh... Dude, that end scene was well. You're talking about like the whole end sequence where it's like, no, no, no he'll be here, but he's not here. Or are you what are you talking about? Something I'm, else? I'm talking about when when they all come together and John Amos is like little empire that he's built, like his kingdom. Mm -hmm. Like John Amos built his own little kingdom in Queens, where he he's like, I was like, okay, you can get to this one day, and he's talking to Akeem, who is coming from literal royalty, where he doesn't walk without rose petals behind, like underneath his feet yeah and uh a king comes in here he's like this is just peasantsville like this is nothing this is absolutely nothing and like john amos is so proud of what he's been able to build yeah well he says it to akeem he's like maybe someday in 20 30 years you'll have a house just like this and akeem's like maybe that, that would be something that would be something <laughs> Well, what's, what's also funny about that little sentiment is Louis Anderson, who, who, <laughs> who comes in and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I started out mopping floors. Now I'm washing lettuce. Now I'm that washing lettuce. And next I'm next on week, fries. I'm on fries. And then in two years, assistant manager. And two that's years, when huh? the big bucks come in and, <laughs> and he's like... Two years, huh? <laughs> Two years, huh? And it's like Akeem, I mean, uh, uh, Sammy, who who comes from literal, like, like he's essentially a, oh, you motherfucker, essentially a servant, but he 
you know, he lives in a life of luxury. Dude, I when I was listening to that scene, when I was listening to that scene, I was imagining my life when I was at Cumberland Farms all those years back, and I'm like, oh my god, spending two years on Slurpee machines and soda fountains, moving my way up to the cash register. <laughs> <laughs> Soon yeah. I'll be able to salt the stairs when it gets <laughs> snowy. Yeah, it's a it's a strange little hierarchy, isn't it? <laughs> it? It is. I mean, you know, you you think about the kingdom uh, Zamunda, Zamunda, which is a, a fictitious place. You think of the it kingdom, does not exist. You think of the kingdom it's right next of Zamunda. It's not. Where is it? Right next to Wakanda. It Black doesn't Black. exist. There's doesn't no exist. African it's kingdom big. of Zamunda. So you think about, I mean, you think about their kingdom and how they see things. And then, you know, obviously Eddie Murphy, his character, he's put into the small universe that is McDowell's uh, and the hierarchy there. And just Queens, New York, where like he's just so excited to be there. And he's just yelling outside of his uh, his balcony. <laughs> Good like, morning. Dude, when he's singing on his way back after the first day. What the fuck is your problem? <laughs> Dude, that's New York in a fucking nutshell. It's like, shut the fuck up. He's at the top of his. Yes, fuck you, dude. <laughs> oh man, yeah. And I feel like that's like like that's Eddie Murphy's humor. That is Eddie Murphy's humor. Yeah, I mean, obviously it. I'm not shy about what I think of this movie. You know, I think I think Do everything you about like this, this movie. I think I think this movie is perfect. And like I said, to me, I think scene by scene, I think it's great. I know you guys said you thought it lulled a little bit at times. I do, like I said, I do think it's a, like probably 15 minutes too long. But I think it's so heartfelt, and I think that I think the humor sticks. There's there's a lot of heart in this movie, and I think that it's something that I wanted to bring up to you boys. I think that's what sells it is the, I, the heart, right? But I think that this like takes like kind of a a, a flip almost on like the romantic comedy because this kind of is a romantic comedy, but in the male's perspective. Like romantic comedies don't really ever take the male's perspective in the sense where it's like wedding singer. Well, no, because like the male is looking for something like a little bit more real well, than what's happening. Like the arranged marriage thing usually only comes in the perspective of the woman, where the woman is supposed to be arranged to be married to somebody. Mm, that's that's, that's interesting. That's, that's a good point. That's very interesting. That, uh, I would yes, say very dude, interesting. That is cool. Well, I, I just think that that's a funny uh, a funny point where it, like this comes from the male perspective where it's like no I don't want just a fucking woman to worship me and do what I want like I want somebody who's actually real like it really does like give it back to the man in the sense of, like no like I like real shit too like I'm just not I'm not just a misogynist and like, again Prince. Eddie Murphy flipping it on its head because this you know the stereotype <laughs> is that yeah. I do, you know, because in real life, Eddie Murphy, that's all he wants. <laughs> well, I mean, look at they, they set it up so well in the in the opening in Zamunda. It's like, yeah, I do want to wake up to a band. Yeah, I do want to have three half naked women throwing flower bathing. petals. Well, he says he goes clean for myself, it. clean for myself. Bait. Well, I actually I enjoy, enjoy the bathing. Enjoy the bathing. <laughs> so you're right, dude. That's actually a really good point that it's kind of turning turning that stereotype upside down on its. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I think that this film does a great job of making you uh, kind of look at it. it's not just like a male and female kind of like uh, like diverse of wants, where it's like this is just what people want. People want to be respected and well, find people that they want to be with. People they don't want, want it to be... No, it's like people want people to be connected to. Yeah. Like they want to be connected like to other that. people. I mean, it's not just like a male <laughs> and female thing. Like all oh, male and females want to be connected to something. And this is just the male representation of that in a extremely funny and raunchy way of doing it. Yeah. 
I agree. And I, I think that coming, coming to America really does a home run in that. So, I think with that, we should get into the categories. You want to get okay. into categories Unless now? you guys have anything that you want to add to this. No, I mean, general, I feel... generally speaking, I love this movie. I'm wicked happy that we did that. We finally did this. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm happy that I finally got to see it. Yeah, me too. I can't believe that you haven't seen it yet. Like, this is an absolute staple in comedy. Because you only watch comedies if... Traditionally, if watch Matthew comedies. watched comedies, it's because I made him watch comedies. And no, there's a real reason behind that because, like, with comedies, honest to God, they're hit or miss with me, and I'd rather not take the gamble. I'm not a gambling type of guy. You got to see Hot Rod. I've uh, seen Hot Rod. It's all I, right. I don't love Hot Rod. It's it's all right. You motherfuckers, dude. Honestly, the only movie you I, motherfuckers, the only comedy I don't love Andy Samberg. Ooh. You motherfuckers. Yeah, no, I, I love Andy Samberg. I just didn't really care for Hot Rod. The only movie you I've, motherfuckers. <laughs> the only movie, the only comedy I've ever put on of my own volition and laughed my ass off was Dodgeball. I and put it Freddy on. got fingered. And That's, Freddy got fingered. Well, Dodgeball well, no, no, Freddy a got fingered. Contender. Like, I saw that way too young, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Why is there sausage dangling? <laughs> Why does this movie kind of smell? <laughs> <laughs> Why does this movie have an odor? <laughs> but but as, as I got older, and I realized it's genius. It is genius, and I believe that Coming to America is genius, and I believe that Hot Rod is genius for the record so that you can all hear it. But with to the that categories. said, let me ask you boys this. Did it work? Matthew, did it work? It works. It works. It works. Especially discussing it with you guys. Like I said, I, I, I'm not the kind of guy who will laugh at most movies, but like as we go back and like go over the lines, I'm realizing it's really fucking funny. It's a good fucking movie. It's, it's a so good funny. Movie. It totally fucking works, and <laughs> I'm sitting here watching it in my head laughing. Like I, can, I watch this by myself, cracking up again, especially Randy Watson and the sexual chocolate <laughs> legend. Ace, does it work? Yeah, I, I think that it works, man. Like, this this still hits me now. Like, watching it the other night, I was like, this is this is still fucking funny. This is great. All the way through, it's funny. All the way down. And right. it's, just, it's just fun. Like, it's it's clean humor. It's not, like, raunchy. There's just... There's, there's a bit of raunch to it, but it's not, like, dripped in it's raunchiness. Not like, it's, it's not, not like, like intentionally raunchy. It's, yeah. just, it's not, like, know, wedding crashers no. raunchy. No, it's I not feel intentionally like that's, raunchy. That's that's the paradigm. That's we the peak. Keep. That's that's like the hangover. Raunchy. Hangover. Like the freak. fact that nudity is in it is only because it's like to explain his exploits as a prince, and like there's not nudity throughout the rest of the film. It's Correct. not like they yeah. like there's, there's just like random women like throwing their titties out. It's it's like it's only in the fact that it's like okay, I'm royalty, and it's like yes, I'm gonna be this bathed by I naked live. women. This yeah. is my world. Like of course, like that makes complete sense. Yeah. All right, what do you guys think? Movie or film? Andrew, is it a movie or is it a film? It's a movie. It's a movie. Yeah, I think it's a movie. Right on. Okay. No explanation or just a movie? Yeah, I just don't I don't think it's overly complex. I don't think there's anything really specific to it that would make it a movie uh, film for me. I think it's a movie. Okay. Matthew? I would agree that it's a movie, but over time I would argue that it could it could be deemed a classic. I agree that is, it is a classic. Which is something we haven't introduced into the mix yet. 
but I would say it's a classic. It's uh, yeah. When you said that, it could be. I, it's without a doubt, it's a classic. But I, yeah. didn't, I didn't realize that that was like a. No, we haven't really discussed that. So like, yeah, where it's, does it's classic always, fall in that movie and film? It's kind of that intangible thing that kind of like like and, and I feel a movie that'll hold forever. It just holds forever, whether or not the production value ages well. It's just like no, no, no. This is like something you need to see. This mm. is something that works. Fair enough, like man. Gone with the Wind. <laughs> gone with the Wind. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Your classic. Shut the gone fuck with the up. Wind. Wizard no. of Oz. Coming to America. <laughs> I mean, everything you just listed. I mean, those are classics. Shut the fuck up, quote, all of you. This is fucking ridiculous. What do you got, Ace? I mean, I think that it's a movie, but it does hinge on the idea that it's a film in the way that Disney movies hinge on it being a film, where it does deliver a, a different message than just being a comedy. Where it, it really does, it's it's almost like it's a male chick flick. It's like a male flick. It's like a uh, a like dick a, flick. It's it's dick <laughs> flick. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's like a dick flick. It's like it's like a flex flick almost. Where you know, it's like this is what guys look for, not what chicks look for. Like it's a little it's a little deeper than that. But yeah, yeah. It's a movie, I guess. But you know, it could. It could get, <laughs> get a little deeper than that. All right. Theater. You snuck that in. Um, it's going to on demand. Clear evidence is that the sequel just came to on demand. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. I, nobody's going to the theater to see this. I don't think so. I don't think. I think this is going to be one of those deep cuts that you hit in your living room. But <laughs> I think sure. this, I think it's the type of, like, I'm having eight people over tonight. Exactly. We're getting pizzas and we're fucking watching Coming to For America. For sure. It's a super fun movie. It's and not quite one honestly, of those that it, like it, it makes you think too hard on it. But like I feel like that's how it should have been marketed to begin with. Like I know, think it was no, though. You, you guys all gotta. It, this is somebody go to somebody's home, have a bunch of people over, and laugh together. But this definitely like at the time that this came out in 1988, like this was like it was a theater. Like, it was you, a staple. You go with summer, your buddies, summer movie, especially go, given Eddie Murphy's clout at the time. Yeah, you go with your buddies to to the theater to you, see an Eddie you Murphy watch a, movie. You you laugh like. Like crazy, and then you go and you continue your night. Like yeah. that—that's—that's that's what this intention was. All right, cool. Who stole this movie? Is the next question. Oh, that's difficult. I don't know. Is oh, it? That's difficult. So, can his side characters steal the movie? See, this is the problem that mm, I had to too. Get, yeah, this we're is the problem that I had too because I believe that Eddie Murphy has other people like stole it. Because Randy Watson. <laughs> Steals this fucking Jesus movie. man, Randy. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> I because like I would say either Randy Watson's character or Clarence, the main barber. Like when he gets into it with his buddy and he's like, Frank's not tradition come in here. He's like, No, he didn't. Yes, he did. He did not. Man, they ain't no Frank's you ain't made no Frank Sinatra. And he just fuck said, you. Fuck, fuck you. Fuck, fuck, fuck you. you. Who's next? <laughs> um I don't care about the parameters, so I'm gonna say Randy Watson. <laughs> that's fine, because I think that that's, that holds completely, like as a character in the movie. Nah, that holds. Even though Eddie Murphy was top build, <laughs> the posing. Even though Eddie Murphy was top build, he did the whole Elvis fucking thing. Yeah, this is difficult. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is difficult in this movie because, like Eddie, they they cast you know at the beginning of the titles, you just see Eddie Murphy, and then you're That's hit right. with everything Eddie Murphy. There's like four different Eddie Murphys in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um... I, I I would probably go with Andrew's answer. Like he he was definitely the funniest. Or or Clarence. The, or yeah. 
I uh, said Randy Watson. Randy Watson. I'm sorry. Who is who is the one though? I the runner up for me would be Arsenio Hall's uh, the guy with the the chicken. What, eating the chicken always bone? eating the collard greens and yeah, the chicken who, wings. What's his character's? Name? I don't Do know what his know? character's name is, but he Joe is Lewis was a good boxer. He, 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 he beat Rocky. Yeah, he, he beat Rocky Mountain. There he go. There he go. Every time I talk about boxing, a white boy's got to bring up Rocky Mountain. <laughs> He beat Joe Lewis's ass. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Lewis was 76 years old when they fought. Frank Sinatra came in here and asked him, Frank Sinatra, how long is Joe Lewis? And you know what Frank Sinatra told me? Frank Sinatra told me, like, Joe Lewis is 137 years old. <laughs> He's 137 years old. Frank Sinatra ain't never come in here. You yes, ain't he never known no goddamn yes, Frank Sinatra. He did not. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> and fuck you. Who next? Um, but do you, uh, do you, uh, yeah. Yeah, like mine is either Reverend Brown from Arsenio Hall. Reverend Brown. <laughs> I like I love Reverend Brown so much. He really does hit on that. Like like so deep. Um uh, what what's 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 the word? Um for the uh the preachers. Um I don't know which word you could be looking for. Motherfucking no not the I, I Arsenio keeps coming into my head, but I know it's not Arsenio preachers. Um uh Baptist? Like not Baptist, um Soulful Lutheran, Lutheran? not Lutheran. Uh, like who? Who? What's the fucking like? Uh, He's like, flapping his wings, guys. <laughs> He's flapping his wings. <laughs> like like the guys that are on TV. Like the the um the, uh, not anthropological. Like the Joel but, the Joel uh what Olsteins. Yeah, like them. But what's the word for them? I can't think of the preacher. fucking word. No. <laughs> like you know those fucking like it's TV like preachers. inspirational preachers. Yeah. I know, but there, there's like the, there's like a word for it, but uh, I can't think of it now. <laughs> if love the Lord is wrong, wrong. I ain't wanna be right. <laughs> you get into those impressions, dude. That guy, you throw dude, the full facial. Reverend Brown kills it, and the uh, the white Jewish guy gets me too, especially when he when he does the soup joke. Yeah, he's like, I talk to the waiter. The waiter says, "Taste the soup." Like, I tell the waiter, "Taste the soup," and he's like, "I can't taste the soup." And like, where's the spoon? He's like, Ah. Uh huh. That's right. <laughs> Where's the spoon? You didn't give me a spoon. Uh, I thought that was funny. It's like, oh man, you ain't funny. Like, what do you know about funny? What do you know? About <laughs> All right. What's next? What's next? Next is uh, favorite line in the movie. We know Anders. <laughs> Andrew, what's your favorite line in the movie? You got so many quotables. What is the number one? Come back to me. Matthew, what's your quotable one? You got one? I mean, this is just... I've only seen it once, so I can't quote it off the top of my head, but I do love the the royal penis is clean, so... <laughs> the royal penis is clean, your highest. It's, it's classic. <laughs> I know it's I know it's cliched because everybody that's everybody's favorite line, but that's a good one. Dude, my favorite is the... I also love when they're shouting at him when he's singing. That just kills me. It... It's not, like, quotable, but, like, shut the fuck up! <laughs> That is that is super funny. My favorite is, and we didn't touch on this at all, is when he gives the homeless people the fucking oh, yeah. McDowell's bag full of money. Those guys are from trading places. Yes, yeah. they are. Yes, they are. And what he are goes, they, the Duke, Randolph. The Duke brothers? Yeah. The Duke Randolph. Brothers. Randolph. Randolph. We're back. <laughs> and that's, that's my favorite line is the fact that he looks at me and he's like, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was... That was good. That's my favorite line of the movie. Fair deal. And like, I, I could even put them up as like stealing the movie just because of that like connection between trading places. And, yeah, because of the and yeah that. contextual. 
But that 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 that's that that that's the that one for me. Blah 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 blah. Mine is it's not even like a real quote. I just die when he's like, it just feels so lovely to me. <laughs> like, isn't it so lovely? Like, it's so wavy. And he's just it. looking around and he's got like one limp eye. <laughs> like, <laughs> well that that's that's like Eddie Murphy in his like stand up prime. Just like doing like, his thing. Yeah, that's just Eddie Murphy doing stand up. In his high pitched voice. <laughs> <laughs> I believe the children are future. Let them live. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Let them lead the way. <laughs> I decided long ago. <laughs> Alright, boys. What would you he do differently? He said he wasn't gonna sing. He was I done singing. I said I was done. That boy's good. That boy's good. <laughs> that boy's good. Yeah. You are your goddamn mind. Goes, yeah, that boy's good. Good and terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, what would you do differently, boys? Goose egg. Mm. Goose, Goose egg. egg. Nothing. Goose nah. egg. Nothing at all. Literally nothing. It was Matthew? Great. No. I all the way through. Nothing. Different. All the way down. Yeah. All the way down. Okay. And again, it, the, what I when I usually have suggestions to change things, it comes from repeat viewings. And this is my first go. I, I'll accept it. It's good. Me, I would make it a little bit more snappier. I would make the cut tighter. I would make the jokes a little bit less uh, long-winded. Mm. And, like, I get it <coughs> in the idea that it's like... <coughs> Um, you know, jokes building up to something and you know, like like that poem like movie maybe style. Cut Thirty to forty seconds out of the dance <laughs> at the beginning. The dance was fucking intense. <laughs> it was like and I understand and it. Minute. I really do understand like the pageantry of it all. But like you for know who the most choreographed part, it? Um Paul no. Abdul. Yes, that's right. Really? That is Paul Abdul. That is right, is Paul Abdul. Uh Paul Abdul. I, I'll take back what I, I would I'd cut the movie by fifteen minutes. I would I would cut fifteen minutes out of this movie, make it a solid hour and 40 minute movie yeah is i don't it? think it needs to be almost is like it? two hours of a movie it's, it's an hour uh, 50 it's like just under two yeah, yeah. it's like an hour 53 you hour 54 maybe yeah. 10 10 to 15 minutes solid out of the movie you're i agree but like the thing that sucks is like i'm trying to pinpoint ideas like where it could be where it could have been cut like and I said, everything needs to be there it's like six minutes work. before you even get a line in the movie though yeah. Like, uh yeah, but that, but that also but it's the like build up. It's that the build adds up. to the idea of his royalty and the fact that like, like he doesn't wake up until the like the uh, the orchestra is ready until like the the strings are all okay. We're good to go. Like, his okay, conversation yeah, yeah. with James Earl Jones is a little bit long winded. Here's the thing. This is my general note. It's not about cutting anything. It's about nipping and tucking so that it's just a bit tighter. Mm -hmm. Just well, a bit that tighter. involves cutting. Probably, Nipping and tucking is a cut. No, but it's like the pacing on the To end. nip and to tuck means you to know cut. What? Get out of here. I'm, I'm just saying to nip and to tuck this. means to cut. Done with this. What do we got next? Uh, that that's the end of the categories. But I do want to talk about James Earl Jones for a second. Like Special James Earl Jones honorary shout-out. Uh, who, who, who's the queen? Maj? Maj Sinclair. They were king and queen in Lion King. Which is... Get which, out. That was... Uh, uh, that was Sarabi. That's Sarabi, yeah. What? So that, that, that kind of comes back to, to my voice, idea. Finally? Yeah. That comes to my idea of like this kind of plays Disney-esque where it, it is like this over-the-top, like complete <laughs> disconnect from reality. And then the one main character wants to get a bit of reality and then is forced or forces themselves into that. Oh my god. Yeah, it has like a fairy tale aspect. Sarabi. It's very fairy tale, yeah. man. Sarabi is as beautiful in real life as she is in the Isn't she a, she is she's gorgeous, gorgeous, man. Oh, she's yeah. absolutely when gorgeous. I, was a the queen. day I met your the father, I was so nervous. I was practically nauseous. And he goes, see, my son, there's a fine line between love and nausea. <laughs> <laughs> the look that she shoots him. 
And then she goes, put a sock in it, Joffrey. The boy's in love. I, I love that, too, where it's like, oh, of course. Like, I, or it's like, this is my first time, father. It's like, oh, I would assume that you would have slept with the bathers. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, I rather I enjoy it. <laughs> I rather enjoy the bathing. <laughs> Um, I thought that was fucking awesome. Yeah, no, I think I thought James Earl Jones was a perfect cast for it. There's a there's a nice little piece of trivia where um, he uh, he he goes to America and he uh, tells uh, John Amos, "It's like, oh, I'm here." It's like, oh yeah, well, well, when I get in contact with, him, I'll tell him that like you're here. It's like, no, 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 don't tell them. Like, just let me know when he's here and then leave it to me. That is a callback to James Earl Jones as Darth Vader. Where he says, uh, you know, leave them. He says something like, leave yeah, them to leave, me. Yeah, leave them to me. That's leave it, nice. Like, don't, no, 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 no. I, I'll take care of this. Oh, that is good trivia. That is good trivia. Ace. Isn't it, isn't it, Matthew? Yes. Isn't it just? And with that said, I think it's time to get to our, I, I have it in my notes as funny list, but the I think. funny list? What's the funny list? <laughs> That's literally what I put in my notes. But Andrew, why don't you uh, take it away and elaborate on what we're about to do? Yeah, so what you got? So based on this, I wanted to take, because um, it's my turn to pick. And I'm doing a list. Yeah, you I want, love your list. I want a list. Andrew loves lists. He I really do. does. Because lists, I love discussions, and Andrew loves lists. Lists spark discussions. Well, yeah, you're right. So I wanted to take, in from descending order, I want 10 to 1. I want to know who you guys think are the funniest film actors. Film I, actors, writers. that, that film, those, Yeah, but I mean, people, usually the same. Like, if they've written, they're probably on screen. Well, here's yeah, you're not wrong, but like I want to make a distinction here because we like I had thrown out Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow is not typically on screen, but like Ever. but like he's fucking hilarious. And so he works is Mike with, Judd. Mike Judd's fucking hilarious, but Mike Judd doesn't fucking get on screen at all. Exactly. So those were kind of the parameters we're working within. So with that said, Ace, kick this off. All right, so my list right now starts with, and I'm not going in any descending order. Like we, I made this list before we even started recording this podcast. So Andrew's pissed. Yeah, well, you can be. Pissed. Why do we even have a challenge? Well, this isn't a challenge. Bring it on us, like five minutes before. I we sprung do it. on you three hours ago. Yeah, three hours ago, and we all have lives to live. But anyway, doing my... what? Doing what? I want to know what was so fucking important. I'm making a movie. <laughs> plenty. We're doing plenty. My list goes from number ten is Kristen Wiig. I think that Kristen Wiig is fucking absolutely hilarious everywhere that she is, anytime she's on screen, and I don't think anyone disagrees. Number she fucking nails it. <laughs> number 10, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's my number 10. That's my number 10, all right? What do you got for your number 9? <laughs> Dave Chappelle. All right, fair, fair. Dave Chappelle has made me laugh every time. There has he... never been, even with like his uh, 815 stand-up yeah. that he did, everything was fucking funny. Everything was at least... A a little bit funny and I believe that Dave Chappelle has been like one of the best people to really embody the idea that satire is like the the sugar that makes the medicine go down mm. where like he hits on some real shit and he also does it so funny where it's like I can absorb this mm. Chappelle show all of his movies everything that he's ever done that that's been him and when you say all of his movies you mean <laughs> half baked He's done. And Nutty Professor. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was in Nutty. He, he was Reggie. Was yeah, Reggie. Reggie Warner. <laughs> <laughs> Loving you. It's easy because you're beautiful. Reggie. Yeah, Dave Chappelle's a funny fuck. Uh, right, number, number eight. eight. Rip Torn. <laughs> oh, my God. What 
what a classic. Dude, Rip Torn is one of the funniest bastards I've ever seen. That's on an film. homage. Oh my god. I love dude. Rip Torn. Dodgeball, Men in Black, fucking yes. Freddy Got Fingered. Yeah, he has just nailed it. Every time I see Rip Torn, wow. I'm fucking in stitches. I thought that my picks were pretty out there, but damn. Okay. What, seven. Will Farrell. Won't fight you there. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's you like, don't even need to and like, defend this, it. This kind of like gets into the the uh, the realm of like, of course, Will Ferrell needs to be in this list. Yeah, like, I mean, because like, yeah, Will Ferrell is funny. There is a point where it's like Will Ferrell is doing the Will Ferrell thing, and he's not going it. any further than just Will Ferrell. Maybe then Stranger Than Fiction. Stranger Than Fiction is when he kind of gets like away from it a little bit, but oh, that movie. It, it, it's it's Will Ferrell doing Will Ferrell, and he's funny, fine. Uh, next uh, under that is uh, Leslie Nielsen. I like that one. Leslie Nielsen, good pick. He yeah, fucking he pick. hits me so fucking hard in the heart. He mm. is just so, like especially an airplane. Like, especially in airplane, he, the naked gun movies. Dude. Naked, the naked. I like him in airplane more than I like him in the naked gun. But uh, he he really does hit <laughs> me. Scary movie three. Yeah. <laughs> I only practice safe sex. They cut to them in gigantic condoms. <laughs> All right, what do you got for what is it? Five. Uh, number five is Will Forte. Okay. Will Forte. Every time he's on screen, he makes me fucking bust out laughing. And he he's got a lot of like little bits on on like Adult Swim. McRuba. Well, he does he does like a lot of like uh, there's like Fortin with Will with yeah. Will Forte. Yep. Dude, that shit fucking gets me every time. That's some of the funniest shit. And he he had a new one that came out where he's like he's a he's a sword trainer. He trains people in the art of swords and like this little like promo video of his like little sword studio. Oh, interesting. And he's training people like on a, like the way of the sword. He's just training like this fucking like uh like IT guy, like this big fat IT guy who has never done anything with his fist in his life. Mm. And he's like you need to be one with the sword. Flow through with it. He just fucking nails it. He's so fucking funny. Yeah, I'm gonna level with you. Will Forte doesn't do it for me. I've never thought he was that funny. Did you see the Brother Solomon? No. Well, that's probably why. Alright, I'll give it a watch. I'm <laughs> gotta see the Brother it. Solomon. I'm actually gonna write it down right now. Yeah, you should. Will Forte is fucking a home run every time with comedy. Uh, Adam Sandler is right after that. And I don't think that needs any explanation. Adam Sandler is fucking hilarious. And I know it's, like, generic to say, but I can't deny it. The fucking guy is hilarious. And, and yeah, the he, point of it isn't to pick people who, like, aren't... Like, like these. there's a reason these people are on most lists. Because yeah. they're that fucking funny. And he is. And, and he anybody really who is. wants to come and fight us over that. I will <laughs> argue with people about Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler he, is People hilarious. try to say Adam Sandler movies suck. It's like, you suck. No, you suck. You're no. clearly missing something. There are, like, true staples in comedy, and it really is the Happy Madison Productions. Happy Madison, as an entity, are going to just keep putting out classics. They're going to put out whatever they want, and that's why... Well, they are going to put out whatever they want. I think they already put out classics, and I think now they're just doing things for the sake of doing it, and the fact like that they Sandy have the Wexler. money... They have the money to do it. Or the ridiculous... And six. they have fun. And I mean, they do have fun, and they can just have fun and do it. And like they, they have, They've already like established themselves as like comedic... Uh, I won't even say geniuses, but staples. Genius. Innovators. Innovators for sure. Innovators yeah. for sure. And then right under there is Jim Carrey. Classic. Okay. Yep. Jim Carrey is another fucking classic. I mean, it's it's kind of tough and generic again saying Jim Carrey, but the fucking guy is like Ace Ventura, The Mask, Liar Liar, fucking, you know, yeah. me, myself, and Irene. Like he he's and, and he's obviously gone above and beyond that of just the comedic actor, which I think Adam Sandler did as well, but. 
I think there was a time where Adam Sandler and Jim Carrey were like neck and neck, like fighting each other over who's the funniest guy. I think Adam Sandler was a little bit more subdued, and Jim Carrey was the more slapsticky, comedic actor. I think that Jim Carrey came a little bit before Adam Sandler too, so they kind of. <laughs> They had an overlap period, for sure. Well, they both had their time. Well, I, well, well actually, did Jim Carrey have anything on uh, SNL? Well, Jim Carrey in went Living from Color? In Living Color, and then he went into film. So when Jim Carrey's film career started, Adam Sandler's SNL career was like, That's right, that's right, that's right. With Farley. Yeah, like, that's Spade, right. You know? Yep. Um, Number two? Two? Two is Eddie Murphy. Nice. Eddie motherfucking Murphy, dude. He really fucking... So now he, I'm curious, to what's your number one? Well, I mean, do you want me to explain Eddie Murphy, or do you, or does that need? I think Eddie Murphy's gonna come up again. Yeah, Eddie Murphy. Yeah, Eddie Murphy will. I mean, everything that he's in has just been a fucking stitch. I grew up with Eddie Murphy being the funniest guy, and then when I real after seeing the Eddie Murphy like the Nutty Professors and Coming to America and the uh, Shrek and all those things, uh, I the Shrek. The Shrek. And then, you know, seeing Eddie Murphy delirious and then raw and then finding out, like, all of his other, like, uh, training places and Beverly Hills Cop and all that shit. It's yeah. like, oh, my God, this guy was really a fucking gem. He was the guy that Richard Pryor passed the torch on to. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I think that he's just been a complete home run. And my number one, ladies and gentlemen, is... Robin motherfucking Williams. Mm. Respect. Robin Williams, every time, not only mm. is he funny, but he is like, he hits you in the goddamn heart every fucking time. I'm closing every... my eyes right now, just like I'm, I'm seeing all of his movies just flash before my eyes. Every time he hits you in the goddamn heart. I love Robin Williams. Me too. And I was thinking, it's like, why has Eddie Murphy and Robin Williams never worked together and they only did one skit for SNL? They did really? one skit in SNL where Robin Williams hosted and Eddie Murphy was a part of the SNL crew and they did a skit together and that's it. They never did a movie together. I would love to see that skit. I would. Dude, it's, <laughs> it's actually really funny. I would, it's yeah. really fucking funny. They were, it was a uh, Robin Williams was the interview. I can't remember exactly. It was a famous interview <clears throat> he was uh, portraying, but it was uh, him talking to Eddie Murphy, who was supposed to be playing a doctor and a professor uh, about uh, uh, black spontaneous combustion. Mm. And they were talking about like <laughs> black celebrities spontaneously combusting. No shit, dude. It was fucking great. I watched it this afternoon. I was like, damn, I can't believe that I uh, never seen it. And this is the only thing that they ever did together. Well, that's too bad. I I get sentimental when I think of Robin Williams. I love that guy. Yeah, me too. I I really do. There was a there was an instance, I guess, that uh, Eddie Murphy uh, <laughs> had an article about where. Um, him, uh, Robin Williams and John Belushi offered Eddie Murphy uh, some cocaine, mm. and Eddie was like, "Nah, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm good. Like, I, I kind of got an idea of what I want to do here." And John Belushi's like, "You fucking pussy, <laughs> you fucking pansy. I ain't. Yeah, fuck you." And he's like, "Oh, all right. Well, it's like that." And to Eddie Murphy, like that was a huge turning point to him. Where it's like, if I did this, this could have completely ruined Eddie Murphy's career as to what it is now. Um. So Ace, I loved your list. I don't. I have a. I have a couple similar ones. Okay. Uh, the, none of the placements for any, for ours are going to be similar. Uh, Matthew, do you want me to go? Or you go? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So from uh, so number ten, I have Jonah Hill. Mm. Okay. I think Jonah Hill's body of work just speaks for itself. He was going to get on my list too, but I didn't know. And I think he was a close contender. Super. He was a close contender, but he was also one of those guys where it's like I can like go to a movie with Jonah Hill in it and be like, oh, this is going to be a good one. Yeah. Um, Not so just jo a funny number one. Number nine, Paul Rudd. 
Paul oh, Rudd, that's he's, a good he's one. A yeah. really good pa- Paul Rudd is funny in genuinely everything he's ever been in, and it's mostly because you know he's Paul Rudd. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. it's just it's, here sure. we go. It's Paul. It's just, and I, I think the epitome of that is knocked up, knocked yeah. up, and this is forty. And he's like, she was like embarrassed, like trying to hide me, and he's like. Probably. <laughs> I'd hide you. I'd hide you. <laughs> um, number eight, Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Carrey's... Not, there's not a lot of people, not a lot of actors who have had such a stint of one year, boom, like 1994 for Jim Carrey. What was that? Liar, he, liar, just the 90s Ace, in general. Liar, liar, Ace, in and Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Um, uh, and the, then The Mask, I think, was right before that. Too. 1997, I think, um, was The Mask. Was it? Okay, so um, seven, Ben Stiller. Yeah. I was going to put Ben Stiller on there, too. Yeah. yeah. Ben, ben Stiller is kind of a home run, too. Uh, number six, Kristen Wiig. Yeah. Uh, so I, I was in agreement with you on Kristen Wiig. I think she's so funny. And I think it's her awkwardness that makes Kristen Wiig so fucking funny. Dude, I her agree. and Steve Carell in Anchorman 2. <laughs> uh, just her in, her in Adventureland. Like, so like, good. Do people oh, remember Adventureland awesome. with Bill Hader? Like, um, number five, Larry David. Oh, Larry okay. David. All right, hold on. I want to stop there because I've actually I I wanted to put Larry David on my list, but like I had qualms because like he's really only done one movie, and like I didn't know. If and the that, rest is it's just... all been TV, so I didn't know if he would translate. But Larry, yes, Larry David, wholeheartedly support Larry David. I'm like bummed I have him so low. Honestly, because like he's, I feel like he should be higher. He's genius. But he, so number four, I have Steve Martin. Okay. Steve Martin. I think okay. Steve Martin Classic. is fucking hilarious. Um, number three, I have Adam Sandler. Okay. Number two, I have Dave Chappelle. And Very number good. one, I have Eddie Murphy. Edward Murphy is I number one. I think Eddie one. Murphy is the funniest person of all time. Wow. That's bold. That's it bold is to 100% say. bold. And I stand on this hill not die Damn. on it like Matthew usually does <laughs> I stand, stand on this hill wait for the with right. my you know, you know what that means you're just a pussy because you, you gotta die on your hills you've died on so many hills <laughs> like, he's got a point my hills are vast and sweeping your hills have rolling. literally been blown away by the titans yeah well all right, <laughs> all right matthew let's hear your list yeah what do right. you got, buddy <laughs> dude my list is all over the place and uh <laughs> first one marlon brando no no no. And he's number right. 10 bab streisand bab streisand um no what do you got all right so number 10 is jane lynch jane lynch i, I like huh? that i think jane, jane lynch, lynch whenever funny. she's in something she's fucking golden okay um, this one's gonna get, throw you guys for a loop and it's pretty much his whole career but steve buscemi steve, steve buscemi, buscemi does okay. comedy so well because he does it as like he takes it seriously i was gonna say he's not comedic he's just comedic in the roles that he is in like even if you think about him in any adam sandler movie and then as donnie or like you know fargo even like what was the movie Chuck and Larry? Like him is the, <laughs> him is the inspector and like going through their garbage and with the basketball. He's like, oh, gotcha. <laughs> so, the fact that know. you just brought up Chuck and Larry, Jesus Christ, that was a funny movie. Uh, numbers uh, ten. Nine, I bet you Kevin eight. Smith's not going to make any of these lists. No, I don't think Kevin Smith's funny. I think that he's. A, you thought Chuck and Larry was good? He's like fifty percent no, of that movie. No, I didn't say that. I said that Steve Buscemi was good in Chuck and Larry. Um, What, number seven for me? Ten, nine, eight. Number eight. Yeah. (laughs) Tom Green. 
Tom Green. Love it. Tom Green. I fucking love Tom Green. Tom he Green's is, pretty great. He's so funny. He's a little much sometimes, but he's pretty great. He's a lot. <laughs> he's a little much. He is a lot of much. Yeah, a little much. <laughs> All right. Um, some, somebody that hasn't come up, so this would be... I, I didn't number these, but they're in order, so I keep having to count them. Ten, nine, eight, seven. <laughs> seven. Number seven for me is Chris Tucker, and I have... <laughs> <laughs> Chris Tucker's and, great. And I have a defense because he only does movies that kill. I agree. He only does movies that kill. Uh, number six for me is Steve Carell. Steve Carell. I was gonna put him on mine too, but I didn't I didn't know if he was uh Steve Carell's golden. It's like I can't I can't put the office just as Steve Carell's career. No, but, but like he's he had done Anchorman a lot of great movies, dude. He has done a lot of great movies, but is he like the comedic relief in all of those movies or is it just Anchorman and The Office? Evan Almighty. Uh, sorry, Bruce Almighty. I was gonna say Evan Almighty. No, no, like, no, no. Jesus, he, he was the starring role in Evan like, Almighty. Come he on, wasn't man. That great. Um, number, I, I, I'm done with the numbers. I'm just gonna keep going. Next for me was Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon is golden. Kate McKinnon, remind me who is this? Uh, she is. I mean, movie wise, she's been in Ghostbusters. She was in the reboot of Ghostbusters. She kind of played the Harold Kramer, uh, Harold Ramis uh, character. Didn't see it. Um, that's fine. <laughs> what was what was the other movie that we were talking about? She was in okay, uh, Office Christmas Party. Office Christmas Party. Uh, but I really love her because of her SNL stuff, dude. I okay. go out of my way to watch her stuff. Okay. Um, next for me was Ricky Gervais. Oh man, that's a great fucking one. Dude, I love Ricky. That's awesome. There's literally nothing that that guy does that doesn't make me laugh. I agree. Ricky Gervais is awesome. Another callback that's already been said is Leslie Nielsen. Good. Good. I like it. And then here are my top three. Molly Shannon. Molly Shannon's in your top three. Yeah, superstar. Wow. I'll pretty much base it off of that alone. See, that... that... Yes. <laughs> when Sometimes when I get nervous, I put my hands under my arms and then I smell them. Dude. You <laughs> see, I, I'm, I'm happy that you said that because that exact scene... <laughs> That exact scene is way too much for me. <laughs> what? Way too much. Like, I'll put Andy Samberg above her in, like, the too much factor where his too much is, like, just enough. Her too much is literally too much. I have breasts and I need a big bra big to keep bra, them straps. I need some support. And the support in oh, this one's the mommy. You make this me so uncomfortable. The and they hold hands because they're friends. You shut up. You shut up because you're bad. God. You make me so uncomfortable in these headphones. <laughs> you shut up. You shut up. Make me. All shut right. Up. What's your number two, fucker? Uh, you don't know her. You might know her. I've fallen in love with her via her show Fleabag. It's Phoebe Waller Bridge. No she idea. won. She won the uh, dude. Yep. Trust me when I say this, Ace. It's half hour installments. They move like clockwork. Uh, you'll watch the whole season in a night. There are two seasons. You'll watch one season in one night. You'll watch the next season the next night. It's that fucking good. Is that the only she's only thing she's in? That's her claim to fame, but apparently she's doing the new uh, reboot of Mr. and Mrs. Smith with uh, Donald Glover. Why are and they rebooting that? I don't know. Oh but, but with her and Donald Glover, I'm in. And that brings me to number one. My number one comedic genius of all time, like the person that gets me in the gut, is Ben Stiller. 
Really? For, for whatever reason, I connect on such a deep level with his brand of comedy. Oh my god. Everything All right, cool. from That's Tropic fun. Thunder, Dodgeball, Meet the Parents, fucking Tropic Thunder. Heavy you picked the fucking worst one first. I know. Heavyweights. Yeah, heavyweights. <laughs> Meet god. the Parents. Zoolander. Meet the Parents is the stable. Dodgeball, um, dodgeball is like. I think Zoolander is one of the staples. Like Zoolander yeah. is like like the uh, Happy well, Gilmore of Billy. I would of, agree with that. Of, well, uh, I'm ben white. Stiller there. W H I T. E. And even the Heartbreak Kid. Oh, Heartbreak oh, dude, Kid. The Heartbreak so Kid is one funny. of the funniest. Men. And the, the that's that guy. His wife. She was murdered. Some guy, Larry, with an ice pick. <laughs> what is it? What are the, what's the? What are the twins questioning at the? At the Brad Pitt, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Who's hotter? Brad Pitt. Ha, gay. No, you're gay. <laughs> he goes. I thought you meant hotter career wise. I thought you meant like, you're gay. <laughs> He's gay. You're gay. You're gay. <laughs> Not so bad. Not so bad. So uh, yeah, Ben Stiller tops my list. I so, mean, that, uh, that's crazy. I can't believe that none of y'all put fucking Robin Williams on your list. Not no, one of you had one Robin for Williams. For me, it wasn't Robin Williams with comedy. For me, it was Robin Williams as Mr. Keating in Dead Poets Society. It was Robin Williams as the genie in Aladdin. And like Sean they, in uh, Goodwill. Yeah, he like touched my heart. He didn't touch my funny bone. And Jack. And Jack. Jack. Which was fucking hilarious. But, he, but it's not. And it's it so is. Sad. He was Jack fucking is hilarious. Sad. Like, Jack's yeah, like, I guess. And then he did a whole, uh, one hour photo. Hilarious and I was it. like, Robin Williams, Robin Williams. And then, but then you have his comedies, like one hour photo. <laughs> You have his stand-ups too. His stand-ups are fucking brilliant. I can say in all certainty, I've never seen him. Oh I, man, you gotta you gotta you gotta YouTube some stand-ups. You gotta use YouTube some Robin Williams. That's up the on problem. The I've only YouTube his stand-ups. I've never done a full like sit down for the full hour and a half or whatever it is. It's fine, dude. It's just as fine as like Eddie Murphy. Like if like when we grow up, honestly, dude. When you grow up, when you grow up watching Robin Williams and you grow up watching Eddie Murphy, and then like when you get older, you're introduced to their stand-ups. You're like. Holy shit. Mm. Like, this guy has been touching on, like, some really funny shit for way longer than I've known him for. Like, when he talks about golf? Dude, that's one of my funniest bits. That's one of the funniest bits that he's ever done when he's like, fuck no! Fuck no! We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna hit it all the way 400 yards away! You take this tiny ball and you hit it with this mallet here. Oh, and that's it? No! Oh, fuck fuck no, no! But you're gonna wear a dress! <laughs> <laughs> Love Robin Williams. He's a goddamn gem and an honorable mention. And with that, with that, that is the end of this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Matthew Belts. My name is Alex Caimano. And I'm Andrew Hogan. And I've been drinking, I've been watching. Been drinking, been watching. Been drinking, been watching. Been drinking, been watching. Ow! <laughs> you had to get it in there. <laughs> Cheers, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry about that. Ow! <laughs>